Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Talking about chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo, tabbouleh, real potatoes and vegetables, with roasted garlic and basil, zucchini, ziti, granola, fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today, an amazing comedic actor. I know you have range, okay? I know you've been in Law and Order SVU, <laughs> but he... He is comedy gold, baby. He uh, He's in the show Utopia on Amazon Prime, and he's best known for his role as Edgar Quintero. Quintero or Quintero? Quintero. Or Quintero. Or Quintero. Yeah. I don't know. Ed, Edgar Quintero <laughs> in You're the Worst. Please welcome Desmond Borges. <sighs> Thank you for having me, man. I'm so glad to be here. Appreciate it. I almost stuck the landing there. Uh, at least I stuck the landing with your name. <laughs> I got the Borges. It's funny because I was like, sometimes when people have, uh, uh, as someone with a uh, funny ethnic last name, I always like to to look up the ethnics mm. who come on mm-hmm. the show. And I look up their interviews on other shows so that I can see how they pronounce, how people pronounce their names. People pronounce your name in wildly different ways. And, and you know what? I'm so cool with it now. It used to piss me off so bad back in the day, particularly <laughs> like in my like early 20s. When I was in Chicago doing primarily all theater work, like I wanted to be known as Desmond Borges, right? Like to like kind of like solidify myself that like I'm here, even though my entire life up until I was 21, my father, who's from Puerto Rico and everyone in his family pronounces it Borges, right? So like, oh, hilarious, right? So like, but I, I want that. That was my thing when I was coming out of acting school that I wanted to solidify myself that way and sort of make my claim. And as time has gone on, as years have passed, um, now it's kind of, you know, people do their best. I get such anxiety trying to introduce people to people that I know, and I know their names very well, but like the thought of mispronouncing it in front of them while I'm introducing them to somebody else gives me anxiety like through the roof. So now that I know <laughs> that I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person dealing with that. Whatever's comfortable, Borges, 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 Borges. I, you know, like how, however it rolls off your tongue, I'm all about love. I, I, I love it. it. As long as you're trying, I love it. I agree. I'm the same exact way with my last name. And there is, this is the, the worst thing is like, you're talking about introducing friends to people and feeling, there's a show at the comedy store where uh, it's like kind of, at the comedy store, you have to do, uh, there's no MC, so you're introducing the next comic. Oh. And a lot of times you have no idea who the next comic is. Like, you've never met him or her before. And you just see the name. And now you're doing your set, and you have to remember a name to introduce them in front of a crowd. And, man, I had this guy at, follow me. It was, like, a couple of weeks ago. And he was, like, he was Nigerian and had a very Nigerian last name. There was, like, seven consonants in a row with no vowels. <laughs> and I was, like... I even told him, I was like, dude, I'm going to try my best, but like, please don't. And I messed it up. And he like ripped on me for like five minutes when he got up on stage. And then when he came off, I was like, bro, 
I no one gets my last name right. Like you should have a little empathy for <laughs> not being able to get the last name right. I don't know. So I'm like you. Maybe he's going through his young Desmond Borges phase where he's, you know, he's got the the last name pride. Perhaps. I have very little last name pride. Anymore. <laughs> you can you can call me whatever the fuck yeah. you want. I just just a Dan Dan A. Just stop at A. That's I'm Dan cool a. with that. I'm care. cool with that. My favorite is when people say Dan Dahoot, and I'm like, the D is the third letter, and you somehow, you you somehow moved it to the front. I'm still fine. Yeah, which it. part of the United States public school system failed you, <laughs> sir or madam? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it. All right, enough dilly dallying. Mm. Let's get into this fridge. You guys can see Desmond's fridge on my Instagram at standupdan. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Yep. Coming in strong, Desmond. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Okay, before we start getting into Uh this, because this might be one of the best fridges in Green Eggs and Dan history, you're you're in the nines. I'll tell you that. Oh, my God. You're in the nines. I'm feeling good over here. You're in in rarefied air. It's you, Ralph Macchio. uh, You're in the same ballpark right now. Hell, yeah. So I have a couple of questions to sweep ask. Sweep the you leg. Before we get into it. Before I I'm gonna sweep your leg. Do you tell me I need to know about your living situation? Mm-hmm. Because if there's someone else who's organizing this, I need to know if you're taking credit for someone else's stuff. I need to know if there's kids involved. Cause if you're a single man and you have this fridge, this is like a fucking Um, All right. So when I was a single man, I had a fridge like this. You know how like people like you go to people's homes and it's like, oh, my God, it's like picturesque, like it it came out of a magazine. That's how I like to look at my fridge, right? Like I wanted to I want to open it up and be like, hmm, what do I want today? And it all to sort of like glow at me. So I've been that way since I was like a single one. A single and a singleton, wow. right? But no, I a singleton. But I, I I live with I live with my lovely wife and my two children. One is seven and one is three and a half, who she will soon be four in December. And so um a lot of what I try to do, because you know, the it, it's funny, like um I'm Italian, Greek, and Puerto Rican. I've been cooking with my, you know, my grandmother in her kitchen from like a very very early age. Like I like I like kitchen stuff. I like being in the kitchen. I believe food is like the great unifier between people. And so what I try to do here specifically with our fridge is put things in places that the kids can grab it themselves. Like you see that Duvel right there. Like if my seven-year-old has a bad day at school, I want him to come home and crack open a Duvel, you know, just not. (laughs) Yeah. No. All the beers are very accessible to small hands. (laughs) Right. It's in the, it's in the, the, it's in the lowest cabinet. It's literally next to two of those little yogurt packet things. Is that what they're are? Applesauce with mango in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much room in this fridge. And the fact that you're like, all right, the, the, the sinful stuff needs to be right next to the most innocent right. stuff. I kind of right. like it. I'm here. So, for but uh, f- for the most part, I feel like if you don't see the food, then you're not going to eat it. And when I open it up and I'm talking to my kids about what they want, I want them to be able to see it and I want them to be able to make, you know, 
good choices and yummy choices at the same time. So you see how like there's yogurts on the second to top shelf, but also here at the bottom, like those bottom ones are for them. Like if they want to go and grab a yogurt and me, my wife or myself aren't around, they can do that. They can grab tomatoes. They can grab blueberries. They can grab strawberries. The kids yogurt is right next to that bag of cocaine. Yes. Because... It, it's in the back. It's it's in the back. I put the cocaine on top of like what's normally like a block of Parmesan cheese behind there just to like really, really confuse the shit out of them. <laughs> right. It's it's like a it's almost like a choose your own adventure. Yeah, yeah it's like it's like Benicula. Wait, I don't know what that is. Oh, man, I... that was a book that I loved as like a seven or eight year old kid. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it was a choose your own adventure book. So like you start off oh. and then at one point it says, if you want to go on this version, move to, you know, page 19. If you want to go to this version, go to page 28 and then you kind of you know, yes. do it along the way. Benicula. Okay. I'm trying to get better at right away saying when I don't get something because I've gotten in the trap of pretending like I know what people are talking about and nodding. And then later, like they ask me a question about it and I'm like, oh, I've been faking it this whole yeah. time. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, that's about. the comedian. That's um, the comedian actor sort of way though, man. Fake it till you make it. Just can you yeah. ride a horse? Hell yeah. I've been riding horses since I was seven. I walk out of the audition. The first thing I do is call someone who can teach me how to ride a fucking horse. Of course. Uh, now, here's the thing. I'm telling by this fridge, by the looks of this fridge, you no longer have to fake it till you make it because you've made it. Okay. (laughs) You've got a $17 fucking vat of Whole Foods freshly squeezed orange juice. You are, you have made it. You've got five rows of goat milk. You've made, there's, there is a, there's a row here. I always say this that like the, the the more famous uh someone is, the more non milks they have in their fridge. And my God, you have like seven milks here, and what you don't have is milk. Right. But you do have goat milk, almond right. milk, oats and seeds milk, mm. uh th- whatever the fucking what that, is that's that? a different almond milk that I wanted to try while I because I'm 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 really into ice cortados, and so I'm trying to like really find the delicate balance of which non-milk milk gives you that sort of frothiness creaminess without overpowering the coffee flavor you are a puerto rican man (laughs) okay you come from the culture that invented the bodega Mm -hmm. and now you're talking to me about frothiness uh, levels for cortados (laughs) (laughs) desmond borges I think it has to be Borgis. That's right. We're going back to Borgis Bor- now. Bor- Borgisi, maybe even. Borgisi. 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 Well, well, I guess you you got the Italian side, yeah. so you're allowed to... I'll give you that. You're right. allowed to, to... But your Greek side, mm-hmm. the Greeks mm-hmm. are, a, are, a, are a dairy people. It's, tr- it's oh. true. And it's not that I don't necessarily like my dairy or that we don't like dairy. My daughter still drinks goat milk. So that's why we have plenty of that for her. Um, you know, the almond milk, uh, whether that goat milk is supposed to be really good for you and better on your system from what all all the, the hippies in LA say. No. But I do agree with them. I also think goat butter, mm. I don't know if you've ever gotten on no. that. It's fucking delicious. It's sort of a like it's a very chefy thing. Like a lot of chefs get it and use it and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, it's super expensive, but it's very delicious. 
my ex was a chef and she uh she swore by goat butt that was like her little secret mm. it's almost like you know how anchovies are a nice little secret yeah. little you know that's like that was her little secret and, and it was great yeah it's kind of like uh how do you pronounce is it kewpie or kewpie the japanese mayo that like every chef yeah the kewpie mayo. yeah 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 is is, is yeah. that the, the goat butter sort of on that level sort of yeah i mean kewpie mayo basically has a higher fat content and it has msg in it so you know mm. it's basically it'll it's it's cheating it, it's cheating a little at how delicious i always think msg is cheating you're cheating <laughs> it's i'm okay with it, it but you're cheating it's tongue crack it's tongue crack <laughs> it is tongue crack your fridge looks like it's also sponsored by mountain valley <laughs> spring water you've got Eight bottles all faced out, yeah. lined up, yeah. staring at me. Um, the Mountain Valleys are having, they're having a moment mm-hmm. now. They're definitely having a moment. Mm-hmm. I don't love their sparkling water, but I do. Um, oh, this is the that sparkling. That is the sparkling. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry to disappoint you. No, I'm sorry. I thought I thought it was uh, the flat, but now I see the word yeah. sparkling. So, and I'm not going to take it back. That's I'm not. Hey, gonna take hey, it back. you know, you and and you don't have to. I, you, you know, if you came over to my house, I would buy different sparkling water just for you. That is the particular brand that my wife and I like. We actually get it delivered with um, glass water from Mountain Valley. And like a, Dude, we get it. You were a serious regular. We get it. No, we fucking get it. Okay, we get it. You were like, I don't know what num- number you were on the call sheet, but it was definitely one digit. It was not a two digit number on the call sheet. Okay. No, that's fine. But I like I like room temperature water too. So we get it like in a jug, and it goes in a dispenser, and it's a really fun yeah. thing for the kids to start making their own water. So like, not only do we like it, but it's also sort of informational and instructional for the kids to sort of do things by first by themselves without asking us to help. So it 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 balances out. It ba- it balances out between bouginess I mean, yeah. and uh, uh, instructional fortitude for my children yeah i'm trying to figure out what is your you know what is your guilty pleasure in this Mm. fridge but everything looks very healthy i mean for fuck's sake you have the fruit in the bowls in the fridge that is such a pro move right there yeah what the fruit in the bowls you gotta you you gotta dry them out like you know straw and especially this year i don't know if you noticed but because like in the northeast specifically like the humidity levels were crazy high this year like i uh, mm-hmm. like a pint of strawberries would go bad in like two and a half days so if yeah. i wasn't thoroughly washing them and drying them out first and then putting them in that bowl like uh, half of it would be done and i wouldn't even get to enjoy them you know so yeah. that's part of that um that process all the guilty pleasure stuff is in places that my kids can't reach <laughs> right Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you've got kimchi, you've got maple syrup, you've got fucking fancy ass organic uh, preserves. Oh, you know, you you, got- know, you know what you're missing right here. Two to the left of the kimchi is uh, it's mm-hmm. a maromi sauce, which I I should have faced that out, but I I I, I didn't want to. We wanted it in its in its natural state. We didn't want it staged, right? So this is how it I is can't in its natural this is, state. I can't believe this is the natural it's state. The natu- I cannot fucking believe that the butter in its natural state is just like stacked one on top of the other, yeah. like fucking Jenga blocks. <laughs> like that's just natural state. That's its nat- natural state. Uh-huh, natural state of butter. 
That's that's how it. Okay. But anyway, this Maromi sauce is like so awesome. I'll take another picture of it, of the label, and send it to you. You should grab it. Throw it on. It. I, I love it on eggs. Like it just gives. It. It. It's got. It's. It's a little miso base, umami sort of flavor. It's. It's fantastic. What is, is it? A Japanese thing? It's a hot sauce. Um, okay. But um, it's not necessarily too spicy. There's more. It. It's more flavorful than it is spicy. Uh, you've got the fake ass sriracha because no one has real ass Anymore. sriracha right now. I know. Jeez. Jeez yeah. Louise. That's like a real sign of like you're a one percenter now is like you have <laughs> real sriracha <laughs> in your fridge. You could be on like a date and like not that could be the like the deal closer. Yeah. Be like, by the way, I have some OG sriracha back home if you want to come over. No. <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> they will <laughs> That's the new foodie panty oh, dropper. Is like <laughs> just like that. He had real sriracha back, and home. that's when I and that's um, when I knew he was for me. That's when I. That is how I met you. <laughs> oh, finally! Now we know what the ending is since they canceled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, man. You know, I started out very envious of this fridge, and now I'm very angry at this fridge and jealous at this fridge. You, uh, I commend you. However, I will say. I'm not surprised because when you and I met, uh, we met backstage, I believe at Largo Uh is where it was. And we got along really well, really quick because we were like, we were both huge food nerds. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I gravitate towards people in our industry who are also food nerds because there aren't a lot of them. A lot of people in our industry... They they have the palates of three-year-olds. They get famous so they can actually get away with their bullshit dietary restrictions. Um, and I think that uh, we were we were we were a little kindred spirits there. Like I was like this guy. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. yeah. And also you're like a you're like what I I like to call a real actor. You know, there's like real actors, and then like they're like I say this to myself in the nicest possible way. I consider myself like a fake actor. <laughs> Like, like I'm a comedian and, you know, I, I, I bullshit my way through acting, but you're a real actor. Uh, and we did improv together and you were actually very good on stage, which I was like, ah, real actor. Is that because a lot of times real actors are fucking awful at, at improv or anything on stage. So I, I commend I appreciate that. Just to add to the jealousy. Just to add to the jealousy. You're, you're, you're too sweet and you were too kind. And I wouldn't, I I don't consider you a fake actor, but you know, I mean, uh, you 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 do whatever you need to do to continue doing what you need to do. And if that's what you need to tell yourself, you go ahead and do that. But that was my first time improvising on stage in front of anybody ever. And, no I, and yeah, I mean, you know, like I went to acting school with Tawny. Tawny Newsom was there with us. And so the mm-hmm. fact that she was there and you and I really hit it off. And I think Tim Tim Boltz was there, too. Right. There yes, and then yes. you know, of course, we had PFT. Like it was Paul F. Tompkins. There's a lot of food nerds <laughs> here who have no idea. <laughs> We're like inside baseball. Uh, um, but it was like such a su- such a warm and inviting backstage environment that it was like, all right, yeah, man, like I can do this. It had been years since you know, like I did like any sort of short form or long form improvising, like. Uh, where yeah. Tawny and I went to acting school, our first year of acting is all improvised. 
Like it's all mm. about knowing who you are, what you are and what you want before even encountering text. So I was used to it from that. And I use it quite a bit, you know, within work. Like if, it, you know, if the, if, if the mood strikes and it's the right project and they allow you to kind of, you know, go where the wind takes you and see what sort of happy accidents you can make. I'm very down for that. I have ideas jotted avenues that we can go through and things that I'm thinking about. And I'm, 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 I love to do it. I, what I remember most specifically about that is that you played my son at one point and one of the, I came out and I said something and it was a mix between like a French dialect and a Spanish one. And like, you as the son called me out on it really, really quickly. And like, I didn't know what to do. Like my mind was like, do I stick with it? Do I not stick with it? I got a yes. And how do I yes. And, and then I just like kind of kept going. And I think it was like really great because it like broke the ice, took away all of like my, you know, insecurity, like really quickly. And I was like, oh, we're in it now. And then we just kind of like, you know, had a good time. I miss that. It was very, very I'd like to do that again sometime. All right, enough of the bullshit yeah. talk. Tell us about restaurants. Where do you live? What is so you're not on the West Coast? No, I'm on the East Coast. We are. Um, are you in New York? Ju- we're an outside hour outside of New York. We moved uh, to Westport, Connecticut, about a few months before my son was born. Westport, Connecticut. Okay, got it. So Connecticut, especially I guess starting in your region, is known for pizza of all things. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys, New Haven, is like a, a pizza capital. Mm-hmm. And it kind of the tentacles start there and they spread mm-hmm. out to all of Connecticut and all of the Northeast. Yep. Um, I actually just did a pizza tour of New Haven. Oh, you did? Uh, so you went to yeah, Pepe's was, and Sally's, I'm guessing? Yeah, I went to all the places. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a party bus. Ooh. Yeah. It was just That's, me and a party oh, well, bus. No, I saw, I, 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 I saw that. And then uh, uh, I, I, on, on, on the Instagram, on the gram. Yeah. And then there was. Yeah. Uh, I remember I I remember how funny I thought it was because I thought it it felt like I think they thought you were slamming them at one point, but you weren't. Yeah. Uh, anyway, right. out of all of them, what was your favorite New Haven pie? Um, I think Frank Pepe was clearly the winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in general, I'm gonna say this is gonna be an unpopular take, mm-hmm. but I feel like, and you see this with a lot of restaurants too. They're a little bit stuck in their old ways. And by that, I mean none of those places, none of the 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 places that are the best places in New Haven are doing any sort of wild fermentation. They're all doing instant yeast, which, great, like, awesome, except that now you have a lot of places doing wild fermentation, and the pizza tastes, like, uh, leaps and bounds better. So, like, yes, for the old school nostalgia of it, fantastic, great. But like, I think there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like interesting things happening in the game that are that they're they haven't really kept up with. Yeah, um, there's this place in Wilton called Parlor Pizza. I first encountered them at the farmers market because they had a truck there, and then I realized they had a, a this quaint little storefront, and um, it's out of sight. So next time you're in the area, um, you let me know. Mm-hmm. We'll go. We 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 should we should go together because their like their flavor combinations on their pizzas are phenomenal the the dough's fantastic i mean it's really it's probably like my new favorite pie in the area whoa so you grew up in chicago Mm -hmm. the bear having a moment (sighs) having a moment i love i i used to work at a yoga studio about two blocks away from the mr beef location that 
is his location. Okay. We'll put a pin in yeah. that in the Mr. Beef. <laughs> what were you doing at the yoga studio? Uh, it's when I was in acting school, our, our, our first year in movement, um, it was all sort of yoga based to like find your body and gather strength yeah. and, um, you know, how to use that in building characters. And so the yoga teacher and I became really good friends and I was working. That's some real actorship, yeah. by the way. That's some real actorship. Warrior two. Okay. Warrior two. Now speak but your I mind. <laughs> Tell me about your father. When did he die again? Oh, and then it's like, you're fucking breaking down in warrior two. And they're like, all right, now we'll build you back up. Now we'll build you back up. Um, so, um, but I started working there really with like him it. and, um, and, and it was like, it, it was, it was really great. And then I started doing a side hustle thing, which was really awesome. Um, I also got a job at heaven on seven, the, uh, new Orleans joint on Michigan Avenue as the crawfish who would pass out flyers to get people to come, come on. In. Yeah. So what I would do, and this was fucking brilliant. If I don't say so much, wait, stuff. is this a restaurant? Heaven, on, Heaven seven? on seven on Michigan Avenue. Yeah. In the, in, in, in the heart of downtown Chicago. So I would go there, clock in, put on the crawfish costume, walk down the street and out of sight, passing out flyers, then immediately throw them all away because they never marked them. So you couldn't tell whether or not people were getting them from me and they were always the same color. So then I would walk from the east side of downtown to the West Loop, right past Mr. Beef, go up to the yoga studio, take off the crawfish costume, work there for six hours in the yoga studio, put the crawfish costume back on, walk back, usually partaking in something to sort of take my mind elsewhere as I'm walking Go to heaven. Marijuana is legal. Marijuana is <laughs> legal I, now. I, I, yes, but I, you know, for 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 those for for those who just want to kind of imagine what sort of trip I was going on, you know. Also, psilocedrin is legal now, right? Is that how I say? Yeah. yeah. So, but I wasn't. I don't think the way you pronounced it is no, legal, but I think the drug is. Yeah, that's the Puerto, that's the Puerto Rican in me. We don't know English words. Uh, <laughs> mira, we got the psilocybin. <laughs> mira, mira. Uh, can I get uh, one order of rojo gandule psilocybin, por favor? Uh, <laughs> just sprinkle it on top, papi. Sprinkle it on top. No, a bit more, a bit more. Yeah. Um, and then I'd go there and I'd take the the thing off, show them that I didn't have any more flyers, clock out, and then that would be my day. Wow. Mm -hmm. What was? Would you get a free meal out of? Oh this? hell yeah! I got gumbo whenever I wanted. Heaven on seven. If you're listening, <laughs> as you can tell by Desmond's fridge, uh, if you sued him right now for work that he didn't put in. His kids will drink regular milk instead of oat milk and uh, for a little bit, and he's he can make the payments as well. The, 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 best, the best part is they paid me cash under the table to do that job, so I wasn't even on the book. So even if they tried to sue me, I could just say this was like a really fun story that I made up by myself one time and that it actually right. happened That's in a court of law. Um, but Okay, again, now if the IRS is listening, uh, Desmond has <laughs> <laughs> funds that are completely unclaimed. <laughs> um, first of all, Heaven on Seventh is the worst name for like a, a Louisiana gumbo joint. Like it tells me nothing. It sounds like a strip club. Yep. I, and I, I, maybe like, that's what they were going for, because you know, like Bubba Shrimp, like really has the market cornered, right? But like, I mean, why Heaven? I don't understand. I mean, you haven't tried the gumbo or the cornbread, bro. Is that their I, thing? Is that it's just so heavenly? I, Man, it's a stretch. I, it is. It, it's a it is. It is. But it's around the corner from like Buco de Peppo and Pizzeria Uno and Lumal Nati's and um, 
I think there's a cheesecake factory. So it's like in, it's in that portion of downtown Chicago, right? Yes. Like it's not like joints and staples that we would really want to go to. It's like something that you just sort of happen to fall fall into, fall upon. Now, were you familiar with the Chicago food scene once you started making money or you were just there while you were a poor uh, crawfish? I, I was raised in Logan Square, Chicago until I was like nine years old. And then we moved to Houston, Texas, where, you know, a whole different set of um, culinary life sort of inspired me and infused me in a different way than anything else that I'd had in Chicago before. And then I went back to Chicago to go to acting school and was there till 2010 until I moved to New York City. Oh, OK. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, there is a handful of restaurants. I haven't, I haven't been in Chicago in a long time, but... There's a handful of restaurants that, to me, whenever I was touring and I had shows around Chicago, like we're just, I had to go. Mm. One was Avec. Oh. <laughs> One was this restaurant, Publican, yep. uh, which I don't know if it's the same people or not. But, um, and then it was like, uh, Rick Bayless had restaurants there, which, yeah, the, you know, he's so, ch- he's so cheesy and goofy, but like the food is kind of fun. And the, mo- and the mole is always great. And the mole is always great. And I don't know, like there was always such an interesting food scene there because it was also like super divey mm-hmm. shit that was mm-hmm. just like, and and also Chicago people are so dogmatic. They're like, you can't fucking put ketchup on a fucking hot dog or whatever it is. Like, I get so pissed. I'm like, leave me alone. Yeah. Let me put ketchup or mustard wherever the fuck I want to. I took it. a bu- I, but I when, when I was out there shooting Utopia, um, I took Dan Bird, Gene and Jude's. What's that? So Gene and Jude's is like one of the original hot dog joints just outside of like Elmwood Park, close to Rosemont area. And um, it's like it's like so old school. You just like drive up. It kind of looks like a like a place that used to be sort of like a drive in kind of like it has that feel to it. But all they're Mm -hmm. doing is like Chicago dogs, fries, Italian beefs. Maybe they have some Italian ice and then soda on tap like that's it. And so, like, you know, we go up, we order, you know, a couple Chicago dogs, a couple fries, you know, a couple water, something like that. And uh, we go back and we start eating it. And Dan's like, oh, man, I forgot to ask for some ketchup for these French fries. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah go go right up there, knowing exactly what was going to happen. And as soon as he said it, the dude looked at him. And then they berated him for what felt like minutes. I think it was only 20 or 30 seconds. But at the end, it was like, yeah, we don't fucking have ketchup (laughs) at our fucking establishment. You know, like just like really going off on him. And he came back and I was laughing so hard because if you have never had that sort of experience, there's certain places in Chicago who are known for having that sort of grit. You know, the Wiener Circle, um, pretty close to Wrigleyville is the same thing. You got yeah. it, it's owned by a black family and the, the 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 two matriarchs who run it. Like if you go there late at night, they will fuck with you throughout the yeah. entire thing. Like I remember the first time I went in there when I was in school. I um I don't know. I guess I was like 21, 22 at this point. We had we were leaving a bar, we we're going to get it, and I was there with a couple of classmates, and they legit made me pay for their stuff because I was a man and I was there with two female classmates, just friends, albeit. Yeah. But they would not yeah. give me anything until I paid for them. And like, amazing. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, that's something like, I like that. I, I like that. That's sort for, of, yeah. Forced chivalry. Yeah. Forced chivalry yeah. needs to yeah. come back. Yeah. Although they are known for the chocolate shake. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, 
but there no. would be a thing. And this is kind of like, you know, they would do a chocolate like sort of shake, right? Like, and it was, okay. Okay. And it's, it's them doing the, 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 the thing, giving it. Listen, I'm a huge fan of racism as long as the race itself is doing the racism. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think they would categorize it as racism. But now I feel bad that I, I mentioned it uh, live on. Anything. No, look, as as an Iranian uh, who played the character of Falafel Phil on a Disney show, I will tell you, uh, game recognized game chocolate shake. <laughs> Oh God, falafel <laughs> Phil. That I mean, I yeah. wonder how 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 long did the writers laugh in the room once they once they circled on that name once they decided that that's what it was going to be because uh, that's yeah. gold. It was that's like gold. yeah, it was gold. It was it was like I imagine it was like that scene in uh, the Social Network when Justin Timberlake is like you know just Facebook take the the off like when they figured out falafel Phil it was mm-hmm. like. We did. It was like when Oppenheimer figured out how to make a bomb. Like it was that moment. <laughs> it's and, and rightfully the only time the falafel fill should be seen is on IMAX. I mean, if you want the yes. full falafel fill experience, it needs to be yes. IMAX 3D wraparound sphere. You know, right? There, there is a four-hour movie in development on just them coming up with the name of falafel fill. <laughs> Well, they have no other content right now, so it behooves them to strike something up. Yeah, it's uh, it's really times are yeah. tough, and we just had ChatGPT write a four-hour movie. <laughs> Falafel Phil, Act One, Scene One. A nameless man walks around, asking, "What will my name be?" He walks into a bodega and finds goat butter. That would be like if we if we made a movie just based off of this podcast that AI just took and it would just be random. It would be like mm, the beer is next to the applesauce. <laughs> it seems like goat milk is the hot new thing, but in fact, it's probably literally the oldest thing. Goats are pretty much the first animal that was ever domesticated about nine thousand years ago in what is now Iran, and the first cheeses to be made were made from their milk. In fact, cheese from goat's milk has been found in Egypt from as far back as 5,000 years ago. In fact, there was even some goat's cheese in King Tut's tomb. Hopefully there were no beets there to go with it. A little cliche, King Tut. To this day, goats are often the primary source of milk and cheese in rural communities throughout the world. India is the biggest goat's cheese-making country by volume in the world, and pretty much all domesticated breeds of goat originate from the Middle East. Goats are useful as they can survive in all types of conditions with minimal food. Think of them grazing on arid mountainsides in the Middle East. In fact, some goat breeds can survive three to four days without water. So I guess we can't give fancy celebrities too much shit for having goat milk. But oat milk is weird and it's gross. Come after me. Uh, I'm going to get to the questions now that I ask all the guests in this show. What is your earliest food memory? Cheese fries. Cheese fries from where? So my mom um, uh, was a barber almost, you know, like her entire life. She's retired now, but she had a barber shop. I think it's called a, I think it's a barber. Oh, she would tell you she's a barber. 
you but that's that's very chicago right like there's no you know so her and her best friend owned this barber shop and every saturday i would um be there morning all the way through the night listening to all these women's grievances about their husbands and their kids as they're getting their perm set across the street was this bar that made out of sight chicago dogs and the best cheese fries i have ever had and i looked forward to that saturday every week from the ages of i don't know four to eight until we moved to houston i would get those cheese fries every saturday Mm. Mm. are you still a cheese fry guy i yeah i mean if there's you know the thing is it, it 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 depends on at, at, at this point, right? Like if I'm going to get down with some cheese fries, like I want to know they're good. I don't want to just like teeter into some possibly good cheese fries. Although I got to say last time I was in Woodstock, I was at this diner that made um, bacon ranch scallion tater tots. So it's kind Oof. of like take everything you love. I like it, yeah, though, but, but like think of every from hand though they were like hand you know handmade but like think of every, oh yeah they're artisanal yes, yes, they're artisanal yeah. they're artisanal <laughs> ranch dressing bacon tater tots don't get it twisted everyone this is not some tomfoolery out of a fast food restaurant these are artisanal locally grown potatoes scallions grown right in the back right like they just right snip in the back. them the um, ranch comes from the ranch. <laughs> Uh, Woodstock's finest ranch. Uh, but anyway, so it, t- it, it, it kind of like flipped the cheese fry, which I really like. So it took, you know, everything that would be on top of, you know, a cheese fry and more and put it inside the tater tot, which I thought was really cool and really tasty. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Again, I'd watch a four hour Oppenheimer type movie about the invention of that thing in IMAX 3D. <laughs> You just the the tater tot just like kind of enters above your head. There's like air being blown through the seats. Ranch is being splattered at you from yes, an immersive experience. (laughs) Um, Okay, what is your death row meal? Let's figure out a good reason why you're on death row. Mm. Let's say the acting all goes to shit because you hit that bag of cocaine Mm. that you have by the parmesan cheese one too many times your whole family leaves you you're all alone you're destitute you move back to chicago you get a job at that hot dog place and some guy comes over and says can i get some ketchup with these fries (laughs) and it's just that's it that was the last straw and uh you um you take the ketchup and you grab his face and you just fucking put it in his nostrils and his mouth and he suffocates on ketchup. And uh, now you're on death row for a very strange reason. Definitely not in vain. Being from Chicago, don't ask for fucking ketchup at the hot dog joint. Um, yeah. No, they treat you well at the jail because right. they're like this. He 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 did what he had yeah, to do. Yeah. Like, hey, they treat hey you there, well there. There, there's that guy, Des. He fucking he did the ketchup all up in his nose. I love that fucking guy. Get over here, Des. Yeah. Um, Take care yeah, of him. Yeah, just, but wait, guys, we're the we're the white supremacist gang. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Ku Klux, who give a fuck? It's Des. Ketchup Des. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> who wins in a fight? Ketchup Des or Ditka? Ah, uh, <laughs> Ditka. I like the idea that you are the reason that the white supremacists give up their racism because <laughs> they're like, we hated all these brown people, but then this Puerto Rican guy killed someone over <laughs> over asking ketchup for fries, and now 
We like these guys. They're good guys. We're gonna be, they're gonna have a float at the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Yeah. Oh God, that's funny. Uh, it would be like it would be me on a hibarito sandwich, just like you know, squirting ketchup right. out at everyone. Um, yeah. So I'm on death row. So my death row meal is gonna be interesting. I'm a big I'm I'm a big sandwich guy in general. I always have been. So it's gonna be kind of bait everything that i'm saying is in between two things right so at first i'd start mm. off with an espresso from uh tandem coffee and bakery in portland maine mm. it's out of sight if you've never been there you gotta go it is uh you know their their coffee is you know super acidic strong but generously lovely and velvety you'll dig it and then the food there get the breakfast sandwich they make their biscuits fresh daily sprinkle of sea salt on top, nice fluffy eggs in the middle and a pimento cheese. So we'd start there. Mm. Then, um, first of all, I, I got to say, I like that you're having espresso. You might be the first person to want coffee in their death row meal. You want to be alert and awake for your execution. I respect that's that. That's right. That's right. And plus, you know, I want, I, 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 I want to prepare my gut for everything else that's about to come in. I want to start the digestive tract on the, on the right, on the right footing. Yes. An aperitivo. Yes. If you will. Yes. Then from there, I'd, I'd have them bring in this cheeseburger from Carriage House, which is Jordan and Dino's new restaurant in NYC. Wait, how do you know Jordan? Jordan's a good friend of mine. I just went to the Carriage House last week. I met Jordan a long time ago when I was um, um, uh, publicizing some stuff for You're the Worst, and I was on the fantasy football show on uh, NFL Network with Peter Schrager and Kay Adams. Oh, yeah. You're asking the wrong guy. Okay, any, yeah. So anyway, um, I'm, I met Jordan through her originally, and then I heard about Flip Siggy. And I was like, I got to yeah. go get this Filipino breakfast burrito. And it like blew my fucking mind. And so I found out recently, like a month ago, he opened up a new restaurant in the West Village called Carriage House. And like this mm -hmm. burger is out of sight, like two smash burgers in between cheese, a little bit of sauce, some pickle. And I think it's a Tomcat seeded brioche bun, but don't don't hold me to that. But burger to bun ratio batting a million far exceeds expectations batting a million and the flavor is just out of sight like and if you it, it's supposed to be just something you have at the bar but because it's become so popular they'll serve it to you if you book a reservation you just have to order more off the menu you can't just get the burger and like a beer or something like that but it is by far my new favorite burger agreed i had the burger he he was there when i jordan took care of me Ooh. I don't know Jordan like that. Jordan did not take care of me, but that's all right. I'm glad he took care of you. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he sent out the burger and it was to die for. It was really, really great. I'm very happy for him. He's got a, the carriage house is such an iconic place yeah. in New York city too. Yeah. So, uh, definitely stop by yeah. there if you're in New York. Okay, so it's Jordan's yep, burger. Sure. Are we done? Is no, that it? Or is let's have more? a little dessert, right? And uh, because I said I like things in between things, I would get uh, the X-Ray Speculus Donut from Donut Friend in LA. It's just like a regular yeast donut cut. What the fuck? That sounds oh, gross. Oh, no, dude, check this out. So it's a regular yeast isn't donut. Isn't a speculum, isn't a speculum the thing that is... Uh, put into a uh, vagina to open it for like uh, when a woman is getting a vaginal exam. If you could put that in a donut, <laughs> <laughs> 
we love this guy death. Uh, fucking catch oh catch ups a guy to death, and then he fucking speculums a donut. What a fucking guy! No speculus. So it's cookie butter. So oh, okay, different speculum. By the way, I would watch a three hour movie on the guy who's trying to make the speculum donut. It's just called Speculum. Um, that's the movie <laughs> title. So anyway, they cut open like, you know, like a regular yeast donut. They put the speculus butter in between. They dip it in dark chocolate, throw a little white glaze on top, and then some sea salt. And it's it's like my favorite donut. Every time I'm in LA, it's the first thing that I get when I'm there. And so that would be it. And then I would finish it off with another shot of espresso from... Uh, this joint in Vancouver called There There, this coffee shop, T H E R E slash T H E I R, out of sight, out of sight. So that wow. that would be it. So, you know, bookend by coffee, uh, by good espresso with, you know, some really, really lovely flavors in between. What is the best high end meal you've ever had? There's a couple that I want to say, but I don't remember all of the names enough. Uh, because one was in Spain and one was in Italy. So I'm going to go with Blue Hill at Stone Barns. That's mine. Oh, it is? Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I picked yeah. that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, we went on a Sunday. My son was really young. My wife and I went and uh, Chef Dan Barber happened to be there with his wife and their kid, uh, a daughter, I believe. And one of the because it's sort of interactive in a way. One of the courses, they take you back to the kitchen to meet the chefs who are cooking. They give you some. And I think that, I think that course was just uh, some wine with some fresh bread and some homemade butter that was going on. And Dan's wife and my wife hit it off talking about baby led weaning, you know, cause we were like just in that stage where we we're going to start transitioning to solid foods with my kid. Um, and then we went back to the table and like this like little tree came out with like some spherical dusted goodness on it that you're supposed to eat. And then like um, um, like a palette like that looked like paintbrush strokes of uh, different vegetable purees that you're supposed to kind of like dip and taste. Right. And so we thought, oh, this would be really great for for our son. You know, he could have his first thing here. So we asked. um our, our waiter, if it was all right, if he, if he tried it. And then chef Dan Barber came out and said, no, hold on. I'll make you some. He made, he made our son, um, like three different fresh vegetable purees. And that was, Shut the fuck that up. was his first solid food experience. So like that paired with what I'm sure was very similar to your experience. There was just, you know, like blows my mind to kind of like have that sort of, level of care and attention that was paid, you know, wow. to, to us during, during our time there. I mean, you definitely one up to my blue Hill story. Okay. So I'm not even going to tell it anymore. Uh, Cause it's not, you're like, yeah, uh, I was, we were sitting on chef Dan Barber's lap and he was <laughs> teaching us about how the food is made. Uh, spooning <laughs> spherical <laughs> olive essences into our mouths. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I just ordered food to go and just uh, got it on Postmates from Blue Hill. That's that's what happened to me. <laughs> what's your what's the best low end meal you've ever had? This can be um, a hot dog. It could be, you know, whatever. Chicago's got a lot of good low end food. Do. But I don't know if there's something else. I, you know, my favorite is so there's this there's this gentleman who sets up Friday and Saturday nights outside the Thirsty Crow in Silver Lake with a flat top grill. 
and he just mm. he just goes to town on some carnitas burritos with like and this was back in the day when we were shooting you're the worst there so this was a number of years ago and i know everyone's doing it now but he would put the cheese down first get it nice and crispy and then put the crispy cheese inside the burrito um mm. and i like i would you know even if i had already eaten dinner I would wait until he set up shop, go have a drink at the Thirsty Crow, and then come out and, you know, pound a burrito after that. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had I, that. You know, and the thing is, is I, I I heard he isn't he he isn't around there anymore, I think post-pandemic, which uh, I, I haven't been to L.A. since then either. So, like, it, you know, that that, that makes me really sad. I'm, I'm, I hope that's not the case. I hope he's setting up shop somewhere else. He's dead. <laughs> he got ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, that, that might answer the next question, which is, what is your favorite drunk food? Is it that burrito? Salt and vinegar chips. Salt and vinnies. A huge bag of Whoa. salt and vinnies. I'll just wow. knock them out and not even think twice. I want something salty, crispy, crunchy, that like, yeah, uh, interactive. Yeah. Salt and vinegar chips are a very polarizing flavor. Mm-hmm. Almost as polarizing as coconut LaCroix, oh, which I, I think is it. the most... I'm okay with oh that. no! I love I, I love that we're like we, we were so eerily close though. I thought you were going to say it at the same time. We could be brothers. I think I think that's what this four hour IMAX movie is: is that we discover that we're yeah. actually related. Right, we get each other twenty three and me for Christmas. <laughs> Here, you spit in the tube. No, man, you spit in the tube. Uh, it's four hours of us just <laughs> filling out the tube for twenty three and me in IMAX three D. I like salt and vinegar chips a lot, but uh, some I had a guest on. I don't remember who it was, but uh, he was saying something about like going to a party and when salt and vinegar chips like aren't labeled and they're just in a bowl and you just grab it, it's like such an assault to not like you have to lab- you have to let people know what's coming. That's true. That's true. They're not just like and because they look like regular potato chips. So if you're not expecting like that, you know that vinegar backlash that's about to erupt on your palate it is it's off it could be off-putting when i was a kid i went to go grab some chips it was uh, out of the cupboard or whatever and i thought they were sour cream and onion they were not sour cream and onion that was my first time having salt and vinegar chips and i didn't like them initially then but they have grown to be my favorite chip i think it's impossible to like them when you don't know what you're getting when you you have to prep yourself you've got to start doing some stretches kind of like a speculum you better stretch, but before that, oh boy, Desmond, I, ouch, wow, yeah. and that's how he got canceled. I'd like to distance myself from <laughs> the prior, <laughs> the speculum statement. I don't think stretching needs to happen before a spec. Okay, we're just digging yeah. ourselves. Into always, I'll, I'll, always stretch. It's good for your body. It's good for your body, and it's good for your mind. Let's leave it there. I just said we're digging ourselves into the speculum oh, hole, which is also And gross. I missed it. And I missed it trying yeah. to. <laughs> I think the listeners missed it too. And I brought it back so that they. <laughs> double down. Double down. I double gotta down. The, double gotta down. give the people what they want. <laughs> uh, do you have a hangover cure? Uh, Puerto Rican food, man. There's nothing mm. like, you know, like fresh, like arroz con gandules with platano maduro and some pernil or chuleta de puerco. Sorry, we're not. 
we're not Mexicans, yeah. so we don't know what you're saying. So it's rice <laughs> with gondulas, which are called pigeon peas, but are small little brown beans that initially look like they're green before they're cooked. And there's usually some Ooh. salt pork marinated in the bottom. And then you put, mm. you know, onion and bell pepper. And I like to chop fresh green olives and put into mine. And then you actually Ooh. put in, uh, you know, like uh, um, pork loin that's been sauteed into it. So it's... Um, Mm. And then platano maduros are sweet plantains um, mm-hmm. that are usually mm-hmm. fried in a pan. And then pernil is like a roast pork that's been pulled sort mm-hmm. of, but not pulled pork. Or chuleta de puerco is fried pork chops. So like if you threw mm. me a mixture of any of that on a plate and I was hungover, I would be a very, very, very happy human. Yeah, I was in, uh, I've been to Puerto Rico a couple times and I agree with you. I think the food culture is very, it's super comforting. Mm-hmm. It's very comfort foody. Mm-hmm. Arepas, tostones, uh, all the good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I see that, you know, it's funny because my favorite like hangover food is Thai food. Oh. And I feel like in a weird way, Puerto Rican food is <sighs> sort of the, it's the, it's, it's, it's almost the Thai version of like, Latin. Latin cuisine, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's very, like, powerful with the flavors. Mm-hmm. It's not fancy. It's just, like, flavor is the, is, is the number one priority. Right. Filipino food's close uh, in that range as yes. well, right? Like, it's got yeah, similar and similar flavor profiles because uh, Filipino food, you and so does Thai, uses coconut quite a bit, which Puerto Rican food uses coconut for quite a few of their bases as well. You know, I went to a restaurant last night. Uh, it was like a fancy Mexican restaurant called Mirate mm. and got the deep fried snapper, which is always fun. And there were two ways you could get it. One was like with a regular salsa situation. And the other one was with, with like a fermented fish sauce. And we got the fermented fish sauce and it was so delicious. But we left being like, and I, I don't know why we didn't think about it while we were there, but we were like, is this a Mexican thing? Like, is is fish sauce a Mexican thing? Or were they just like, fuck it, we're going to Southeast Asia for this? Yeah, I like the... I don't uh, even know. I, I, I still I, don't know. I like the enhancement. I don't... I, I mean, I've never heard of fish sauce being in a Mexican dish, but I mean, what the hell do I know, really? I yeah. hope it's a thing, and now I'm going to go try it next time I'm in New York. I mean, you're closer to Mexican than I am, which is why I'm asking you. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Is Mexican <laughs> fish sauce a thing? That's in my Google. Uh, uh, that's in my for... Google uh, history now. No, I don't see anything about Mexican fish sauce. I think they were just they ran out of Mexican ingredients and they went to the to the Thai yeah. market next door. Yeah, there was no like chili um, de arbol or anything left. They were like, ah, just throw this Mexican fish sauce in. This guy will never know the difference. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> Throw some fucking fish sauce and just say it's Mexican. They'll never know. Well, now you're being called out. You're being called out, Mirate. Mirate. Mirate in Los Feliz. Yeah, you look here. I like that name, though. Um, Mirate. Mirate. Um, like that. Who's your favorite celebrity food personality? This is new. Brooke Williamson. I don't know who that is. So she's part of like that Bobby Flay grouping, right? Like um, he's he's got kind of like that... Uh, one of his shows were like her and Michael Voltaggio and another chef like sort of compete against um, 
more up and coming chefs. I think she won chef a few years ago. She's like California based. Her and her husband have that I really want to try that I've never been to in Playa del Rey, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the way, the comfort level, uh, the, and the sort of creative way she speaks about food and she's judging other people's food or interacting, you know, like in this way. And then when she's actually cooking, it, it just seems, I, I, there's just something that like pulls me to her sort of whole vibe and, and thought process about like how food is art plus science mixed together and mm. then served to people. And that really, that, that really speaks to me. We got to have her on the pod. Yeah, she's fantastic, man. I, I don't know her personally. This is all from me watching her on various food work uh, episodes, but I just think she's like, you know, next level, next level. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Desert Island food. You're on a desert island. There's one food you're going to eat for the rest of your life. You will never get tired of it. Go. This is a question I get asked a lot. So I go back and forth. Um, and wait, because why do you get this question asked a lot? That's I just feel like people question. ask this question a lot. Like if you're around other food minded people that are like us or whatever, it's always yeah. interesting to hear what is the final thing that they would want to be eating, right? Like that is, you know, uh, like foreplay to us, right? So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, because you have one, but food and it's plural, hear me out here because I don't want to cheat on this question, but you know how yeah, there's like, I hear a cheat coming. No, no. I hear cheats coming. You know how there's like a shawarma platter. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do except for shawarma. Like I would want like Greek chicken cubed on a skewer, Greek lamb cubed on a skewer with a little Greek salad on the side, some tomato, some cucumber, oregano, olive oil, feta, lemon juice, right? With some pita, because that's always there in a shawarma plate. And then some tzatziki, of course. And then I'd have them throw in a little side of tala musalata, right? Which is like their fish roe dip. Like, And I could have that plate literally for the rest of my life. Not only would it be delicious and nutritious, but it would be delicious and nutritious. Okay. That was, I don't think anyone's cheated so hard on this question (laughs) (laughs) in the history of this podcast. That was like 35 things, but you were like, it's on a plat, it's on a platter. So it's okay. It's a plate. Well, I mean, I was listening to that and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I mean, for me, Mediterranean food is like my comfort food, right? Mm -hmm. So that, what you were saying was like, mm-hmm. Music to my ears. So you'd go for like, you go for the Greek combo platter would be Basically. Greek combo platter. Number three is yeah. your, yeah. <laughs> is your desert Island food. Cause like the thing is you're on a desert Island. If you just have like one thing, like eventually at some point, like you're going to need some other stuff. So like I could have said pocketi a la Amatriciano, which is like my favorite, like uh, a pasta dish. Right. But Ooh, that's fun with pakari. I've never had Amitriciana with pakari. Pakari oh. is like pakari needs to have a moment. It, I think okay, yeah. Foodstradamus. Yeah. Foodstradamus is having a thought. Foodstradamus. I've called a lot of things. I've called shishito peppers. Ooh. I've called. I've called the hipster uh, fish fillet sandwich making its way around. And now, a green eggs a Dan exclusive. I'm calling pakari to be the pasta of 2024. 
I'm not even very religious, okay. but I just crossed myself for all the Italians and Catholics in the world to yes. make sure that we're bringing it Thank in. You. Bringing it in because, I appreciate it. Because Pockety is like rigatoni on another level, man. And when you have yeah. it with like that sauce, and so when you scoop it up and you mm. got some of that sauce and the guancale like in there, like, oh, mm. man. It's big. Rigatoni is like Pockery on Ozempic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pockery is a big fat fuck of a pasta and i love it it's the kardashian pasta of choice <laughs> i i think before pockery was bucatini had a moment like uh-huh. people were like what is this uh-huh. thick chewy pasta it's so uh-huh. delicious i think pockery is gonna have like a like oh i sound cool because i know about it it's kind of like Gruner Vertolina, the wine, oh. you know, it sounds it sounds fancy. You have a fancy name. Oh, Gruner Vertolina. I love yeah. Gruner Vertolina. Pockery is going to be, you heard it here first. Desmond, thank you for co-signing it too, because uh, mm. if a Middle Eastern Jew is saying it, I don't have the backing. You, and now I have the Italian cath- Catholicism behind me. <laughs> <laughs> which which I denounced so at like the age of fifteen. So like I don't you know. Doesn't matter but anyway. That's Doesn't not that's, that's that's not for this podcast. Yeah yeah. <laughs> that is a very good one. Is there a food that you can't stand eating? Cottage fucking cheese. Yeah, I'm with I, you. I just hate it, man. I don't like the texture. I don't like the taste. If there's a taste, I don't really think there's a ch- a taste. Like if I'm eating cheese, like I want to eat some like some cheese man like i and, yeah. and i want to i want to enjoy it right whether it's on a charcuterie plate or it's just sliced yeah. off by itself right fresh mozzarella blue cheese something you know e- even if it's pungent like that cottage cheese is just it's nothing to me it's like literally nothing and i hate the texture yeah it seems like a scam to me like it's like it se- it feels like a byproduct of a byproduct of cheese making that they were like guys guess what? We don't have to throw this out. <laughs> we can make money off of this. And like, what do you mean off of this? The lint in the belly of the cheese? We can make money off of this? It, it's like what McDonald's used to make their chicken nuggets with cartilage and cottage cheese, you know, back in the 80s. That's what we were eating as kids. Now we part ways. How dare you? How dare you bring down the vaulted chicken McNugget? <laughs> In this tirade on cottage cheese, one of the finest foods ever made, a perfect food. Yeah. The McDonald's chicken nugget. And then we found out how long ago that now it's made with real chicken. Like, what the fuck were all of us eating for over a decade? I don't care. Really? I don't want real chicken. Really? I want the styrofoam that they were putting in so it. The, Give it to so, me. So wait, do you like the McRib too then? I'm fine with the McRib. Because okay. those aren't bones. Those are definitely not bones. That is for sure. I do love that they shape it. It's like the Pringles of a rib sandwich. Like they just shape it in the fucking like they trick us. You're making fake bones. Yeah. No, I do. I I love the chicken nugget, and I remember when they got a lot of shit for it, and then they started making the chicken strips, uh-huh. which were actual chicken, which just didn't hit as hard. There's something about the umami of the. Uh, bo- pulverized bones and cartilage in a chicken McNugget. The slurry, whatever slurry, pink slurry is in there. Oh, uh, just brings br- brings me back to you know like prehistoric era. You know like oh man, eat chicken nuggets. Boom. 
you know. Uh, you know what's funny, and we're, this is going to be a good transition to the next question, but one of my, my new restaurant pet peeve is that whenever someone talks about a fast food item that they love, they always have to preface it with, I never go to McDonald's. Like, I have it, like, once a year. But when I do, it's like, just fuck, just tell me what you like. I don't need your qualification of how often you eat fast food. Just, just fucking tell me. It's like with everything. Like if you make a statement and someone doesn't like it, you have to like apologize in front of the world about it now. Like you can't just, you know, repair the statement with that person individually because, you know, if you don't say it right. to all of the people who follow both of you on any social media platform, it really doesn't happen, right? It's like the same thing, yeah. like even like, you know, during COVID, like it was like, oh, I, I got the shot. I got the shot. You know, like you had to like preface everything before you saw someone. It's just kind of like, all right, that's that's you're in your provider's business, right? Like I, I yes. don't necessarily need to. I appreciate you telling me. So, but you know, like there, there's these qualifications that we do now that I, I also find to be rather annoying. Yes, yep. As someone who has a black friend, I hate these qualifications. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite qualification. Uh, I have a black friend, so. No, I, I have a black friend. <laughs> yeah. You know, where they like think about it for a second and then like under, like undercut it with strength. Like, well, no, hmm, uh, no, I, I, no I, I do. I, I have a black friend. I have a black yeah. friend. I do. Oh, oh. I did it. <laughs> I finally did it. Hold on. Let's call him on speakerphone. Hello? Hey, Jordan. Can you... Dan? Dan, are you fucking kidding me? Are you calling me on speaker again to tell someone that I'm your black friend? Yeah. Can I FaceTime you? That'll make this a lot easier. No, Dan. We're done with this. Can 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 you just say like... Yeah. Shout out to Jordan Carlos, yeah. my black friend. Hey, jo Jordan. Jordan Carlos. I like that. Is he also Puerto Rican? He's not. He's he's full black. Ooh. It's an unex unexpected Carlito. Yeah. Okay. Before we fully cancel ourselves, yeah. Uh, as, as someone with a black friend, I'm going to ask you my last question, which is my favorite question, yeah. which is what is or what are your restaurant pet peeves? If you don't have you know children with you, this may not be on your pet peeve list, but it might be because the the overall idea when you walk into a restaurant without reservations and you see open tables. And you have hungry children with you and you, let's say we eat early. It's 530, right? And there's multiple tables for four all up in this motherfucking location. And they say, oh, you know what? We can't sit you. We have reservations at seven for all of these tables. And I'm like, hold mm. on, hold, hold, hold up, hold up. How long does it take your dudes and your ladies back there to cook food? Because I got a seven-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old. I'm going to be ordering plain pasta with butter for one and pasta with some meat sauce and for the other one. And my wife and I probably get a glass of wine and share um, salad and an entree or something. Like, how fast can you cook that? Because I know us, we're going to eat that shit in less than an hour. We're going to be in and out. You're going to get the table cleared. It's going to be ready all to go for your seven o'clock reservation. But you have to like jump through hoops in order to sit down to eat with your family in a restaurant that has availability at that time. And I just find that to be a stupid, like S-T-O-O-P-I-D, stupid, right? Like mm. you're, you have an establishment that's trying to make money. You have people there who are trying to make money. 
like fill it up as quickly as you possibly can and get them out in a respectful sort of way and keep the money flowing. Like don't push people away and already give people a negative experience at your establishment before they've even had the experience of being at your establishment. And I find it to be, it's all over. It's not just like New York city anymore. It's not just like river North in Chicago or silver Lake in LA. It's all over the fucking place now. Like everyone does it. And it's just sort of like this idea that if we push you away softly, you're going to come back. Well, I'll tell you what you push me away. I'm never fucking coming back. There's many mm. other places for me to go eat. Right. And shots fired. Buca de Beppe. Sorry. Desmond is never coming back. <laughs> To B2B. <laughs> okay. You've <laughs> you've treated him badly one last time. That, That's it. No. It's over. You don't get three chances with ketchup Des. It's one. No. He's going to get his fettuccine Alfredo somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, no, but that's a good one. I, I think that's a good one. I don't know if that if, if that bothers you, but that like really just it annoys me to like no end. Look, as someone who's going to die alone, I'm usually eating dinner at like <laughs> 8 p.m. I have a reservation. I don't have annoying fucking kids that I bring into the restaurant like you do. Uh, maybe your kids are crying. Are they crying and yelling and throwing shit? And they're like, oh, no, Desmond's kids are here again. No. And they're like, uh, sorry, we have no tables available. And you're like, what are you talking about? As your kid like grabs the hair of the hostess. I, you, and I, I don't know if you remember this from earlier in the podcast, but my seven-year-old son's first meal was Blue Hill at Blue Stone Hill. Barnes. They, right. that, that, that boy knows how to act in a restaurant. And he'll he'll... My yeah. my son regularly orders octopus, like no joke. If here. it's a, if it's on the menu, he's at this phase now. It's so funny and it's so cute. Sit down and be like, Dad, do they have any mocktails on the menu? He wants a mocktail, <laughs> and if there can, is, I get it, a fake Negroni. <laughs> <laughs> can I get a fake Manhattan, Dad? You're really you're really warming this kid up to be a uh, booze hound. I, you, it, the, I just I, I I just think it's like so awesome that he's like developing his own like sort of palate and personality, right? And if there's that's cool. If there's pulpo on the menu, he wants it and with the spice on the side, and he knows how to order it, and he doesn't. And my daughter's still in a phase where she just wants your be <laughs> your best pasta with butter with a ramekin of parmesan on the side so that she can put it on herself the best that you have in the house though please i love it bring me your finest <laughs> pasta with carry goes and <laughs> that is awesome yeah. well desmond uh this was as delightful as i knew it was gonna be i'm so glad we finally made this happen this is like yeah. years in the making oh, we've man. been trying to connect so it's always good to have fellow foodie comedian actors on the show we are a we are a dying breed there's not a lot of us believe it or not people are people are dumb to me uh, and i'm imagine to you the only reason i'm in this business and the only reason i use my celebrity for anything is to get dinner reservations <laughs> and to uh be able to afford wonderful foods so and that, uh, it's good and that's to why i love you a kindred that's, spirit that's yeah. why i love you and thank you so much for having me i mean i'm i'm I love the podcast. I listened to it previously. I appreciate forever it. Forever. I appreciate it. Coming on it. And I, I very much uh, enjoy you and I enjoy our foodie talks always whenever we have them all. You know, whenever we're in the same city, my friend, you make a reservation at eight o'clock. You do not have to eat alone. I don't care what I'm doing. I will stop and I will go and uh, 
we will enjoy it together and either tear it apart or um, deliciously die over the pocketing. To be clear, when I said I'm going to die alone, all I meant is I don't have kids. I didn't mean that I'm the lone guy going out to eat every night. I have lots of people who want to have dinner with me. Well, you have that black friend. I have my black friend, Jordan Carlos. (laughs) Hold on. Let me FaceTime him. Jordan Carlos is actually one of my favorite dining partners. So. <laughs> actually, I'm going to New York soon. I should hit him up. Um, well, but uh, do you ever come to the city? Do you? Yeah. Will you come to Manhattan? Yeah, man, you're in town. Okay, I'd love cool. to. And um, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm gonna be out in LA in November, so I'll hit you up if you're around, and we'll, we'll, we'll get together. Please do. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, tell the people where they can find you. Oh, these days it's super simple. Only on Instagram, man. I said fuck you to Twitter uh, years ago. I said fuck you to Facebook years before that. So, like, if you're if you're looking for me on a social platform, just at Desmond Borges or Borges or Borges, however you decide that you would like to pronounce it. And mm-hmm. uh, you can see me and my misfit foodie adventures there. And Anything that I can publicize once I'm no longer on strike and able to actually publicize things again. Oh, yeah. I'm in the Writers Guild and SAG, so I'm half strike. Half congratulations to you. Well, uh, what I can say is the writing in You're the Worst was fantastic. Appreciate it. And the writing in Utopia it's, is also fantastic. Yes, uh, Stephen Falk, Gillian Flynn, um, it, you know, yeah. when uh, just to put a, a, a little asterisk here on this, any of the projects in which that we brought up earlier was not me presenting them to you so that you would go find them and watch them, but just so that you would uh, have a better understanding of where Dan and I came from many moons ago when we first met each other. Thank you for having me on. That's right. Uh, this has been an episode of Two Scabs. Uh, I'm <laughs> All right, brother. Thank right, you man. so much. You too. Peace. Thanks for having me. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.